Play action. A corner deep drop. Hits the crossing tight end. Zach Gentry to the end zone. He's in. Touchdown, Michigan. podcast the podcast told by the fans for the fans i'm jared stormer of mazenbrew.com with me as always is my esteemed colleague also of mazenbrew.com andrew bailey andrew how are you after that 28 10 victory for the good guys on saturday the word victory just has a ring to it i'm doing well exceptionally well how are you i'm doing well my friend as you said and complete victory might be the actual phrase so let's get into it man what are some of your initial reactions Jared, we're going to be J-O-K with John O'Corn, or as he's known on the Going For Two podcast, Alex Moran, Yes, but we'll get into him a little bit more later. I want to talk about Brad, don't call me Tim Robbins. I never thought I'd be so excited to have a punter, but here I am. He averaged 45 yards a punt, and there was no Shankopotamus sightings. I feel great about having him back there flipping the field for us. Absolutely. What an underrated position. We might be able to do better than Don't Call Me Tin Robbins. We could do Bradskin Robbins, B-Rob. We'll figure it out. We've got time to work on that. We don't usually nickname our punters. Good initial reactions. Uh, We are going to be J-O-K. We're going to save some time. We'll talk about him later. Uh, My initial reactions, is this somehow a better defense than last year? I, it may, very well may be whatever Don Brown wants his statue to be made of in front of the big house, I say he gets it. Palladium, platinum, make that man's statue out of whatever he wants, he's worth it. And signs of life from the offense, the renewed optimism that it brings, it feels very, very good. It is. That defense is fast, unbelievably fast and relentless. And since he looks like Warrior, we should just make it out of gold. I mean, that seems fitting. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Or turtle shells, so long as he's wearing overalls with a wrench, because the dude just fixes leaks. 15 (laughs) yards in the second half. 15 yards in the second half. The second half adjustments by Donnie Brown and co. are really off the charts. It it just sings to how good of a coordinator he is with his continued success over two schools. Don Brown, I mean, it's gonna it's going to be made of turtle shells and welded together by the tears of our fallen enemies because he is just shattering dreams of everyone. God bless him. And on the other side, Jeff Brom, pretty good coach. I was very impressed. He probably won't be at Purdue very long because they don't even have air conditioning there. Uh, but their <laughs> their defensive coordinator, I'm not gonna say anything bad about him other than he looks like an angry Deadpool without the mask or maybe uh, an avocado that had taken cocaine and steroids all day long. That was a scary man. He, he, yeah, it, it is frightening at him. You you pointed that out to me, and I was like, for sheer ocular intimidation, that man is an A+. He will scare you off the field. Yeah, I'm very uncomfortable even talking about him. And on the other side, Brady Quinn is beautiful. How can he even see with that much eye blush? I'm a straight male, <laughs> but he looked like a geisha. That is a lot of makeup. It, it was a lot of makeup. I don't want to say too much. I... I still don't forget when he benched like 225, like 20 times at the combine. So he'd probably snap me in half still. But man, that face. Yeah, absolutely. That's a face made for the stage. But all right, man, let's get into some players for you. I think I know where you're going to go with this, but who you got on offense? Oh, I'm going with our man Moran. 18 of 26, 270 yards, one touchdown, one interception. No help from Grant Perry on that interception. And... 
a couple stats I want to point out here is this is a far cry different than his one showing last year against Indiana when he was only 7 of 16 for 59 yards in the snow game. But weather could have been a factor. Playbook wasn't really opened up. So several things to consider. And with his 270-yard showing in this game, it has to be said, Wilton Spade's only thrown for more than that two times in his career. That was UCF last year and Maryland last year. And of recent... Spade has only thrown for over 200 yards in two of his last six outings, not including this game or Indiana where he did not play last year. God, it is so great having a quarterback that can throw again. That's crazy stat. Yeah, I did not know he's only gone over uh, over 270 once, or twice, excuse me. That was crazy. And the balls that John O'Korn had to, to make some of those throws. The cojones on that guy. And I could see now how maybe that could be high risk, high reward going forward because some of those were in some tight windows. But, I mean, just to have the moxie to come in and and step up when called upon and do that, I mean, it shows he was ready for the moment. Could have been a little bit of uh, playing against his coordinator that benched him. I mean, he came out and said that, that he was he was looking for blood, and he played like it, man. He played like a – I mean, he was just no holds barred. It's just – it's nice having a quarterback who plays to win the game and who doesn't play not to lose the game. Yeah, absolutely. It did seem, and maybe this was just me, that the play calling seemed to open up. A lot of what we were calling for was enough with the fades and let's do some rub routes and some crossing routes to those tight ends. And as soon as he came in that first drive, there was a lot of that, and it worked instantly. Yeah, and I want to use the word that all announcers and commentators make up, escapability. John, who, I mean, I'm sorry, Alex Moran, could just create plays for himself. He would get pressured, work his way out, extend the play, and make it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't know who Alex Moran is, go watch the show Blue Mountain State. You won't be upset. Yeah, do yourself a favor. Do your research. All right. Do, do your research. Yeah, that third down play in the third quarter where he was almost sacked, I believe it was on like the 10-yard line, and uh, should have been a drive killer. It was third and six at the time. Instead, he escapes, pirouettes, looks downfield, sees a crossing Grant Perry, and completes it for the first down. That drive went on to go 86 yards and put us up 14-10, to 10, I believe. I mean, that was yeah. a game-changing play, and it was all on Johnny. Dude, it was Steve Young-esque the way he moved back there and threw the ball. And like, like you said, I can't believe just just the balls it takes to make some of those throws. You're coming out here, you know, I guess he really doesn't have too much to lose, but he wants to make a good impression. And he doesn't play it safe. He wants to move the ball and drive it downfield and be dynamic. And talk about as soon as he got in the game, Drevno just, all right, let's throw the ball five straight plays and see what he can do. Yeah. Loved it. I absolutely loved it too, man. All right, well, I could probably talk about our savior, Johnny Moxon, a.k.a. Moran, all day, but who else you got on offense? I got a slight negative, but it's just the receivers. Um, especially Kakoa Crawford struggles to create space. I don't know if it's because he's shorter. We didn't see any Eddie McDoom. Donovan Peoples-Jones only finished with, was it one catch, I believe? That sounds right. Yeah, one catch for eight yards, and we... Michigan really missed Tariq Black on the outside. Really missed him in this one. Yeah, I will, I will have to agree. Uh, even the, the man, Geisha, Brady Quinn, called that out, that he was having serious trouble getting separation, wasn't using the sidelines, 
and he just seems raw. I mean, he is a young receiver, but he's getting a lot of playing time. I'm just wondering if there isn't someone behind him, maybe McDoom or Nico Collins or Oliver Martin, that could come in and give us a spark at receiver, because you're right, we're missing TB7 right now. It hurts, but in our defense, our tight ends stepped up big time in this game. Yeah, they did, and that's who I wanted to touch on. Uh, McCune and Gentry, uh, I think when this started, every single person that covers Michigan football expected it to be Bunting and Wheatley, Wheatley and Bunting, some kind of combination there. And here we are four games into the season, and it is 100% McEwen and Gentry. They have left those two guys in the dust. And they look like what Jim Harbaugh tight ends should look like. You've got your your safety blanket, McEwen, who does just a little bit of everything well. And then you've got your absolute receiving weapon in Zach Gentry, who can unclog a chimney standing flat-footed on the ground. Zach Gentry would be a starting basketball player for the Michigan Wolverine. Just put him out there. The man can touch the top of the backboard, for God's sakes. He was... He was just all over the place, and the pass he caught from O'Corn when he got targeted about on the one or two yard line, the body adjustment, control, and way to possess the catch all the way to the ground was just unbelievable. I mean, the soft hands on this guy. That was NFL-esque, yeah, the one where he took that targeting call. I mean, that was from both guys, both from Johnny Mox, or a.k.a. Alex Moran, and Zach Gentry, the, the adjustment in, in air. Yeah, that was wonderful. Our tight end showed up in a big way, and we've all been waiting for that, so that was good to see, man. Who else you got on offense? And lastly for me on offense was my boy. I've been a fan of him for two years he's been there. It's Captain America Chris Evans. I was really glad to see him finally take advantage and break out. I mean, he'd been in the doghouse for fumble issues, but he had 14 carries for 97 yards, two touchdowns, and zero fumbles. And the long one he broke where he juked the safety in the middle of the field. And you know nobody's catching him. It was just really great to see him because you know how hard that kid works. Yeah, absolutely. He is one of the shiftiest backs I can remember at Michigan. Mike Hart was a pretty shifty back. We usually don't have those type of guys. I love that style of play. He can make his own cut, get upfield, and then make you miss. And, you know, we were talking about it earlier that maybe it's just due to scheming against the opponent. We haven't seen much of him. He did have the fumble. But, I mean, all of those, all three guys have had fumble issues at some point. But it was good to see him get some run, and he made the most of it because he looks like our best back. And we've had guys that can step up and look like they're the best back on any given day. Yeah, this one, he was outstanding. I hope Isaac gets through his injury with not too much, not too many lingering issues. He saw some limited action, finished with 10 carries for 20 yards. Karan Higdon looked okay as well, 10 carries, 31 yards, but had that egregious fumble. and. That was all she wrote on his day, and we know how Harbaugh appreciates fumbles. Yeah, Harbaugh is big on taking care of the football. He will bench you if, I mean, I don't know. I've never been in a Harbaugh locker room just uh, going on intuition. He will bench you if you fumble. It certainly seems to be the case. Uh, I will follow up all those positives. There really wasn't a whole lot of negatives, but the offensive line, especially the right side, uh, everybody had their mistakes. Even Mason Cole made some mistakes on Saturday. But Purdue came into the game with one sack combined, and they had four on the day with eight tackles for loss. And I rewatched that game twice, and it was a problem. Purdue was in the backfield a bunch. Yeah, I mean, we we accredit with, with our boy Johnny Mox, Alex Moran, how good he escapes and misses these hits. But he shouldn't have to do this. No. This shouldn't be an expectation. Yeah, he, I mean, without a mobile quarterback, Michigan would have been 
in trouble in this game. They mean every play they were back there disrupting thing. I don't think the running backs even got clear holes till late in the game when they wore down the uh, the opposing defense just a little bit. Yeah, and it did seem to improve. I will have to go back and rewatch and keep a focus on the right side of the line. John Runyon Jr. came in late, and it did seem to open things up that could also be partly on wearing down that defense because they were starting to be on the field for a long time towards the end. They don't have the kind of depth we do, but offensive line still needs some work going forward. But for the most part, a lot of positives to build up, man. And uh, all right, who you got on the defense? I got the most cop-out political answer ever. I got the whole damn defense. I got them all. Held Purdue to 189 total yards, 75 of which came on their lone touchdown drive. 0 for 12 on third downs. Goose-egged them. And... It was just unbelievable. David Don't Blow Blau was their third leading receiver, for God's sakes. Their quarterback on their opening play, the little gimmick trick play. This defense was just dominant. Yeah, you don't draw it up with your uh, quarterback or backup quarterback, however they want to list him, being your third leading receiver. 15 yards in the second half, as we touched on earlier. And just watching the game, the team speed on defense overwhelmed Purdue. They just didn't look like they belonged on the same field. And this defense looked great against Florida, and it's just getting better and better. You've got the secondary coming along. Uh, you're absolutely right, man. It's hard It's hard to find someone on that defense not to harp on. Uh, the Norse god of defensive pressure, Chase Winovich, National Defensive Player of the Week, tied for third in the nation with sacks. He's got six right now. I mean, they're just a fire-breathing monster. It really is impressive. And with Winovich getting all this attention, we forget Rashawn Gary's on the other side probably garnering a double team or so every play that opens up Winovich and Bush to shoot through the gaps. I need to go back and analyze Gary's play to make sure you know I'm not you know giving him false praise, but given his experience and past performances, there's I highly doubt I'm doing that. It's just it's just amazing at that how how the step Chase Winovich has taken this year. It's unbelievable. I did not expect that. I think we were all saying Rashawn Gary's name, Rashawn Gary's name. And you're right. He is having big impact plays uh, where he's beating his guy one-on-one and getting to the running back. But Bush is getting there faster, or Winovich is getting there faster. Gary draws a lot of double teams, and he can be credited for opening things up for Winovich a little bit. But I still am a little surprised that Gary's fallen that far behind on the sack race. Uh, that might change as the year goes on, but you got to wonder where, where his numbers are. Yeah, I, I wonder the same, but as you always touch on with Mo Hurst, he has that quick first step and just immediately clogs up the A-gap right there. And I wonder if Gary's becoming more of that kind of player as of right now, in this early on in the season. It's just he's clogging up one side. So they're opening up the other side, and they're opening up gaps for Bush and Winovich. But I think opposing offenses are going to start taking notice of Winovich, which hopefully opens up something for Gary. Yeah, you would think that it'd have to. You can't just sit there and double-team the one guy because you know he's really good when the guy across from him is leading the nation in sacks. You know, looks like Jared Allen 2.0. Yeah, I mean, eventually you're going to have to take notice of that. So we'll see how uh, we'll see how offenses start game-planning and if they start double-teaming Winovich and things open up for Gary. Um, I will go with on defense, since you decided to cop out in the whole defense, and I can't hate you for that because they were good at all three levels. So let's go to the secondary, and David Long 
and he had a breakout game. Now, we haven't mentioned his name yet this season, I don't think, um, but we've already seen Lavert Hill come along. The safeties we can count on. David Long was kind of the last remaining question mark. If he becomes a solid player, I mean, watch out for this defense. There's not going to be anyone that can score on him. Yeah, and, the, and, and that's just unbelievable knowing how many of these players are eligible to return next season. Oh, like, yeah. these, these guys are not, you know, for the most part, not heavily experienced, especially at corner. All right, qu- quick wager. I mean, let's just, there's got to be a way to look this up. Over under seven completions on our corners this season. Seven completions total right now? Yes, on our corners only. I mean, I would say it's got to be over just based on, you know, logic and reasoning. But then you go back and think about the games, and Air Force had, like, what, two? Florida had, like... Yeah, Air Force had one completion on a safety. That was it. Yeah, and it went for a touchdown. Uh, Mm -hmm. Would they have three for Purdue? I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's, so uh, it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah, and I mean for the guys that are unheralded to see them like and that every single one of us wrote about how the secondary was a, a concern and if they become a position of strength, I mean there's no weaknesses on that defense. God, that feels so good to hear. It's just that's the secondary is coming along, but the strength of our pass defense is our defensive front seven, putting pressure and disrupting everything in the backfield. The quarterback can't get comfortable and into a rhythm. The Mohurst first step off the ball, the play's just immediately broken up. Yeah, absolutely. And it wouldn't be a going for two podcast if we didn't talk about President Bush, the ambush. We still don't have an official nickname. <laughs> There's not a good enough nickname out there for Devin Bush. He just is a crime-fighting linebacker no villain is safe. I mean, if I crocheted him a cape, do you think he would wear it? The man is a superhero. He may not wear it, but I will. So, I mean, if that's <laughs> any consolation. <laughs> that it helps a little bit, but he's more violent than a Tarantino movie. And we haven't had a linebacker, a game-changing linebacker, since maybe Jake Ryan. And, and that was in his, like, freshman season. I've been watching Michigan football my whole life. Can you name a more disruptive linebacker? Maybe David Harris? Off the top of my head, I can't. I he's can't. just, at every level, he's disruptive. Like every play, the guy has a motor that doesn't stop. Like, every play, he's in the focal point of it, or he's flying around making a tackle. It's just unbelievable to watch him play. Yeah, I took a, uh, I took a date to watch Purdue, which may have been a bad idea because I was drinking heavily because I was nervous. We mentioned that. And we played a drinking game that you had to drink every time they mentioned Devin Bush's name on a play. And that contributed to my to my buzz. We'll just say that. Because he's in on every play. I mean, the numbers don't even really speak to what he does because he's everywhere. He's pressuring guys. He's blowing up screens. He's in the running back's face. And he's 5'11", man. He's our size. Yeah, I wonder why you're texting me in all caps in the second half. But now, see, it all makes sense now. <laughs> Devin Bush drinking <laughs> game. You should try it. Oh, that's, that's dangerous. We'll, we'll develop a good one. We should develop a drinking game over the week and write about it just so fans have something to do without Michigan football. That's a good point. We've got a bye week. We need something to do without Michigan football. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of which, let's look around the Big Ten a little bit. There was a lot of interesting, a lot of intrigue uh, amongst the Big Ten games this weekend. Penn State, uh, they were looking human, but Saquon Barkley is clearly not a human. He is some type of 
ball-carrying alien, and I don't know that we're going to be able to shut him down again this year. Saquon Barkley is so goddamn good, it hurts to watch. Like just knowing he has, he has to play your team is, is petrifying. Yeah. He is unbelievable to watch, and he carried them for the majority of that game, whether it be rushing, receiving, anything. And it's, it's safe to say I'm terrified. Yeah, absolutely, and the Heisman's become such a quarterback-friendly award that he might not win it, but he's the best player in college football right now. It's either him or Devin Bush. <laughs> I mean, I call me a homer. I don't yeah. care. I'll wear it proudly. <laughs> and just on on Barkley, man, he is third in the Big Ten in rushing yards per game and fourth in receiving yards per game. He might be the closest thing to Marshall Falk we've ever seen since he retired. And, oh, and to your Heisman race, let's not forget about Quinn, the Norton track. Scorpion man, we cannot forget about him. The Norton track didn't need him this week, which actually means good things for us. Uh, if he just has to come in to kick 75 yarders, that'll be great. So, I mean, we only need to really get to the 40 in order to, to kick a field goal, which is which is lovely to have. The Norton track's on the list, though. Um, other than oh, that, yeah. This is Wild Thing haircut. Yeah, the wild thing haircut. It looks like he's <laughs> trying to take uh, take the nicknaming process out of our hands. That's fine. We're not really official at this. We just kind of try and try our hand and hope to come up with something effective. But wild thing works. I don't think he was even born when that movie came out. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> the other uh, the other thing that I noticed this weekend uh, amongst the Big Ten teams that Nebraska is a train wreck and uh, they're definitely going to have a new coach as soon as next year. Doesn't affect us that much. We don't play him this year, but man, for such a proud program to almost to nearly lose to Rutgers should be grounds for immediate firing. Yeah, it was, it's terrible. Nebraska is awful. You said train wreck. I've seen houses on fire that are just like, like put up a bigger fight than Nebraska does at times. I just don't understand it. Like, how far they've fallen so fast without arms without Tommy Armstrong. It's yeah, Mike Riley. Enjoy your time in Nebraska. Yeah, Scott Frost will be there next year, and then uh, we've got a bye week, so we'll uh, you know we'll have time to to get better as a team, and you and I will get better at uh, drinking and dissecting there we go. football. Uh, but we're under the lights against Sparty. Uh, what do you think about that? Fan of it? Not a fan? Don't care? I love it. Actually, I love the I love the night games, but I'm a little pissed off about it because I was gonna go until my wife's friend was getting married this week, and then I'm getting drugged to it. So while everyone's off drinking at the game, I'm gonna be streaming it on my phone, hammered drunk at a wedding somewhere, making a fool of myself. So people that get married during college football season are Satan, and I don't want to I don't want to overgeneralize this here, but I stand by that. Yeah, they deserve a date with Purdue's defensive coordinator. <laughs> Purdue's <laughs> defensive coordinator should not be mentioned. I'm horrified right now, and I have to sleep eventually. <laughs> yeah, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, he, make, he, make, he makes Pennywise look not so bad. I'm pretty sure he's standing outside in the in the driveway right now just staring at my house creepily. Yeah, man, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm a fan of Under the Lights. I, I think that that is going to be too much for Sparty to handle. They can't, they can't hang with us talent-wise as is. You get them in that environment with a bunch of, uh, you know, maize and blue faithful that have had eight hours to pregame. Yeah, I don't like their chances. 
No. Oh, last thing on them, not at all, especially with L.J. Scott fumbling the football like it's his job. Michigan State coaches even came out and said we need to reevaluate everything. So I love seeing Sparty and Disarray on the field. It feels great. I do, too. It's better for the Big Ten when they're good, but their fans just annoy me. So, yeah, screw you, I guess. All right, man. So what were we wrong about? What were we right about last week to finish it off? All right. I said Michigan would force David don't blow Blau into 2016 tendencies, and they did not. They forced his ass to the bench beyond anything I could imagine. So I was wrong, but in a way I was kind of right. And also I was wrong about Spade, and hopefully it's the last week I'll ever have to say this. I was hopeful for him. We're optimistic fans. I thought we thought he was going to turn it around. He didn't. But we were JOK with Alex Moran, and I feel great. And also, please waterboard me if I ever pick an offense to score over 20 points on us again. What were you thinking? I don't know. I don't have faith in Don Juan, but I uh, I wasn't far off. You predicted 31-27. I predicted 31-17. Uh, we were both kind of in in the same line of thinking. I said it would be a vicious cockfight. We, uh, we both kind of agreed on that. It was early on, but then Donnie Brown, Dr. Dr. Wario, the Mario man himself, retired, of course, had a chance to make second-half adjustments and clamp down. I'm with you, man. I'll never bet against that man again in my entire life. Uh, I said Spate would have a good game. We both kind of said that. Uh, in a way, he did because he sat down and gave way to... <laughs> Okay, but I hope he's okay. You never wish for an injury on anyone, so I hope Spate's all right. Uh, and we said the the defense would choke them out late. That much I was right about, so we can count on the defense moving forward, man. Okay. All right, we're about out of time for this week. Uh, we've got a bye week, and then, of course, it's Michigan State at home under the lights. Should be pushovers, but we will be back next week with another going for two. We'll see you next week. Andrew, as always, my friend, what a pleasure. Looking forward to it, brother. Go blue. Go blue.